Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. so pretty and you're doing this like sorry. yoga chanting thing yeah it's the time of nectar oh the time of nectar i thought it was our time for camping and enjoying nature what do you mean that time of nectar you know the time of nectar that special time in the morning when you're just half awake and half asleep yeah i was just enjoying that i think you were actually just completely asleep well that's good too Yeah, but the time of nectar. You're missing your time of nectar. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, I'm going to sit up here. Okay, I'm listening. What is the time of nectar? Yeah, the time of nectar. Like I said, that time when you're half awake and half asleep and your mind is strangely open to new influences. I think it's kind of where our whole day is shaped. And of course, well, how we shape each day, that kind of decides how we shape our lives. Okay, I, I can buy that. But where did you get this crazy idea from anyway? Because I think any normal sane... Okay, never mind. You're not a normal sane person. Where hey. did you get this idea anyway? <laughs> a book? You know, well, okay. So people have to understand that in our relationship, since I met you, And it's been almost 30 years together now. You have this steel trap of a memory. Okay. And because your memory was so good, I kind of just could let my memory slide. I don't think so. I think you never had a good memory to begin with. Why? And you're just using that as an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow it's my fault that you can't remember where you heard of the time of nectar. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So maybe I've never had a really good memory. But, well, anyway, I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) There's this book somewhere, and it said something about a time of nectar. So, And you took that to mean get up really early and start oming while you're camping with your wife? Well, in my shambles of memory, it talked about this, I think. Getting up really early and being intentional about that, that time when we're half awake and half asleep. But, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. And I went on Google to see, can I find this? Because, mm. you know, if it's in a book somewhere... all the answers exist on Google. It has to be on Google, <laughs> of course. But I couldn't find anything. There's no time of nectar. Huh. Did I invent this in my dream sometime? Or I don't know. Now, there is something called, and I'm going to completely butcher how this is pronounced Amrit Vela 
sounds it, nice. It sounds like a dessert. Yeah, it sounds pretty nice, doesn't <laughs> it? In the in the Sikh religion, and they get up at three a.m. Oh my god! And from three a.m. to six a.m., they have uh, I, I think a pretty structured time of prayer and morning devotions and and meditation. But this is my version, of course, which is not that rigorous <laughs> and is something that anybody could implement. I I am afraid you're going to have to convince me on this one because I was cozy, the birds were singing, and it was just so nice. Rebecca, okay, I'm going to say that there is perhaps no other thing in my life that I have done that has made this much change. And about four or five months ago, I started doing this in earnest, really, really getting serious about it. And... I mean, I think you'd agree. I'm kind of a changed man. I do see a lot of changes. I mean, you've always been awesome, of course. That's why I'm with you, because I enjoy your company and I enjoy the person that you are. But I would say that I have noticed a very deeper level of shift within you where little things that used to bother you just don't anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff can be going on and just seem very calm and still filled with peace and love. And you're saying that's because of the time of nectar. I think so. And part of that is because if I miss that time of nectar, I notice that I'm not as calm, as peaceful, as loving Mm. as I am when I have the time of nectar. But I've also found out that as the months go by, the weeks and months go by, that it builds up a foundation. Mm. So that even if I don't have a time of nectar, I don't have a good time of nectar, Still, I feel like I'm, I've am i got an underlayment there that's keeping me on track. Right, so this is similar to what meditation does for us, kind of, where you're saying it's building you a day-by-day kind of a solid structure where if for a little bit you don't get that, you're still okay because you have kind of a, right. a basis. Yeah, huh. absolutely. Okay. Just... Just think about this for a moment. Think about the way we start our day. Okay. Imagine getting up to an alarm clock. Oh, 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 turn that off. What What do you even have an alarm clock out here for? Well, I thought we might do a podcast and I should have an alarm clock oh. to have a sound effect in case we needed an alarm clock sound effect. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even say anything to that. It's way too early. Well, now imagine that you get up really early. And you don't have to get up out of bed. Guess what? I don't have to imagine that. It's already happened. <laughs> okay, perfect. Here you are. Okay, here I am. Now, it is better to get up to birdsong than an alarm clock. Okay, keep going. You don't have to get out of your sleeping bag here. You don't have to go and tend to anything. Because part of time of nectar is that we just wake up a little bit earlier than we would have usually. Okay. And... It could mean for some people setting an alarm clock. Although we have an amazing ability to wake up a little bit before our alarm clock. Maybe people listening, if you experience this, it's pretty amazing. Okay, this is true. I have had this happen to me too. Five minutes before your alarm clock. Right, or two minutes. Maybe it's just because I don't want to be woken up by an alarm clock. Right. But how could you know within several minutes? (sighs) It's kind of freaky. A uh, really interesting article I read the other day about about this and how our body does not want to wake up to that alarm clock. Hmm. It knows that that 
is going to induce mm. stress right from the beginning of our day. So if we can have a really soft alarm clock. Well, wait a second. Aren't there kind of the alarms that like chime? Yeah, And then they chime exactly. a little louder and a little yes. sooner. I also heard there was something like a one that like slowly lights up brighter uh-huh. and brighter and brighter. I wonder if those are any better. I I would think so. Anything besides the alarm clock okay. that I brought. <clears throat> so the point is you're getting up and you're not jolting yourself out of bed. You're allowing yourself to stay warm and cozy and peaceful but awake right and it's it can start out really easy because it can start out just five minutes before but over time for me this is extended to an hour or two hours before i actually need to get up out of bed holy smokes but it's super restful because you're just lingering in that place it's almost more restful than sleep in some ways. Okay. And if you drift off to sleep a little, that's fine. I was going to ask, how do you not just fall back to sleep? <laughs> so the key with the time of nectar is that we have a, a conscious practice of some kind mm. that we do during that time of nectar. So as we just start to drift awake, we remember, oh, yes, I'm going to do, let's say, the glow meditation, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast. Okay. And then I can start to sink into that meditation and I start with the gratitude and and I'm feeling the gratitude and then I drift off to sleep for a little while. Mm. And then I wake up and I might say, I don't even remember where I was. I'm going to do a little bit more gratitude. (laughs) And you slowly work your way through it. Over time, you're waking up more and more, but you're waking up really gently Mm. and very consciously in a very peaceful state of mind. Okay. Okay, so... It's sounding good in that respect that it's not just get up, start doing some yoga asanas and intense exercise followed by intense breathing. Which can be great too. Some people advocate as soon as you wake up, get up and put your arms above your head and start Mm. cheering to yourself. That can be a really positive way too. So you could combo it. But you're saying for those of us that like to be in our little nest, yes. you don't have to unnest right away. This is for the nesters, exactly. Okay, okay. I love it. So you could, if you wanted to, if you were the type, jump out of bed, go for your morning jog, and then sit down and have a little bit of, of this time of nectar. Does it work after you've done exercise and like gotten all Well, you know, it does. That I would just call meditation at that point. Mm. The time of nectar, you see, is this really special time when our mind, again, is twixt waking and asleep. So we're probably very subject to suggestion at that mm, point. I get it. You know, our mind is right. open. So we consciously harness this, harness this time to do some auto-suggestion, mm. to bring ourselves into a state, if we're going to use glow again, a state of gratitude, right. of love, of oneness or openness. Right. And of curiosity or wonder. So if I wanted you to stop bringing sticks into the house all the time, I would get up a little bit before you and then slowly say, stop bringing sticks. This is not a negative superpower to use against people. (laughs) I'm just checking. How could you even think that? Okay, okay. So (laughs) just had to check it out. So if I wanted to take advantage of this, but I was the sort of early rise and cheer person, I could get up. I could do a few minutes of this before then I go out to do my run or whatever else. Yeah. Okay. And I'd still be kind of harnessing that power. Yeah. Okay. You would. I'm kind of still dwelling on the sticks, though. 
There's not that many sticks in the house. You bring in sticks, and then you have taught our children to bring in sticks. Do you know how many times a but week I have cool. to... sticks are cool. I have to go through the house multiple times a week to bring sticks back outside. Okay, people don't need to know about my stick problem. <laughs> Let, let's move on here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's true. <laughs> We're moving on. Okay. Move on, then. What else is so awesome about this time of nectar? Well... We have all kinds of proven benefits of meditation and gratitude practice. Okay. Nobody obviously has studied the time of nectar itself since it doesn't exist <laughs> according to Google. Since you kind of started it up. Yeah, since we made this up. But despite the lack of scientific studies, we do know that meditation and gratitude practice has this huge, wide range of positive effects. Okay. Like it makes you healthier. Better immune function. Okay. Less inflammation, less pain for people who are suffering from mm. chronic pain problems. That sounds good. How about decreased depression and increased positive emotions? Well, I like that. Yeah. That's like a little warm, feel good, fuzzy thing. Yeah. Okay. Decreased stress, decreased anxiety, which kind of, you know, affects everybody right, almost. Right. Oh my gosh, no kidding. So if this is going to do all of that. Oh, yeah. And it's free. Meditation is free. I kind of like that. So, uh... What if there's a wonder pill? Yeah, it is almost like a wonder pill. Yeah. Science has been trying to find. Yeah. Yeah, Here's this pill. It's going to do all this for you. Okay. And no side effects, by the way. Okay. Except positive side effects. It's going to restructure your brain in positive ways. Right. Except for if you do it and your partner isn't ready for it, they might smack you on the head. Well, that's your fault because you haven't been meditating enough. So you're feeling stress from my ohms. I'm just mentioning the negative side effects, which is that you might get smacked by your wife if you're doing it while you're camping in the beautiful morning bird song. Look, I've got an even bigger list. Okay. Increases our empathy, our compassion, our social connection. Increase self-control, the executive control centers in our brain. Hmm. Get stronger, more focus and attention. Better memory <laughs> I better keep going with your practice let's keep moving along here more creativity <laughs> <laughs> okay okay this all sounds beautiful it really does but I just can't get past the whole getting up earlier and I know you said five minutes but now you're talking an hour or two hours and it kind of sounds like a lot of work I mean at first I might not wake up before my alarm so then I'm gonna have to set an alarm and and frankly there's all sorts of stuff that you know is going on in the morning that I might feel like I need to jump up for that's a really good point because whenever we're gonna bring something new into our lives we kind of really have to be convinced yeah I mean I don't want this to be a lot of work no no but here's the thing it really isn't If you imagine you start out with your time of nectar practice five minutes before you otherwise would get up. Okay. So you're only dedicating five minutes to it. And it's a restful five minutes. And you're getting all those benefits Mm. by just, let's say, going through the glow meditation. You're going to get all these benefits from five minutes of rest. And if you're a nester, you're going to probably like it more because you're going to get up gradually. Well, I kind of see that point. And I suppose it wouldn't hurt if I just took all of those benefits and I printed them up in bold letters on a piece of paper and I taped it above my bed. Yeah. I could do that. And then it would 
it would remind me. That might be, be a convincing. Sense, Hello, look at what you get. <laughs> yeah. And then as I'm drifting in and out, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just... genius <laughs> because it's also going to bring in the placebo effect, which is a really powerful effect if we can harness it for ourselves. And it's going to make the meditation even more valuable. You are so smart. Okay, so, so say I'm going to commit to this. I only have to try doing five minutes or so. If I like it, I suppose I could extend it. Right, and I think most alarm clocks snooze five minutes or something or six minutes. So you might have a little timer right mm. there within which to do your time of nectar. The first time you do it, you might kind of wake up and just drift back to sleep. That's fine. Okay. And then the next morning, wake up and just try to start that G, the gratitude out of glow. Now, when you make it longer, let's right. say a half hour. What do you do then? I don't know. You're going to have to figure out something creative. Like two alarm clocks, unless you have a 30-minute snoozifier on your Snoozifier? Alarm. Yeah. <laughs> on your alarm clock. A snoozifier, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're going to have to be creative there to figure, well, figure it out. But eventually, you're going to start to wake up naturally okay. earlier is what's hmm. going to happen. Wow. I'm kind of curious about it. To me, this sounds a lot... Like we're talking about living consciously, which you and I do talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. Kind of getting rid of autopilot and the habits that are dictating how our life plays out. We're sort of taking control from the very beginning of when we greet the day. Getting rid of that, oh, beep, 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 alarm goes off. I get up, got to brush my teeth, you know, get on my clothes, ready for work, get the kids ready, off, bloop, bloop, pretty soon, whoa. I haven't even gotten out the door yet, but I'm already anxiety, stress, mm -hmm. totally not present moment. So this sounds like a way at least to try to set our day a little bit differently. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, a pretty powerful way, I have to say. Again, I've just really had good, good effects from it. Well, what I like about this too, I just have to say here, is that it really reminds me a lot of some of the stuff that we are talking about when we're talking about rewilding and what that's asking us to look at. You know, I was talking about habits. It's habits of diet, of our movement, and the priorities we have in life. It does. I'm thinking of Thoreau here. Did he say, I came to the woods to live deliberately? Or something like that. But, you don't have the greatest <laughs> memory, so... Yeah. So. <laughs> don't have high expectations. But, but there's a lot of... Of wisdom in that. And that's why so many people are moving towards mindfulness now and realizing the benefits of these simple practices that are easy to integrate into our day. And I think with Rewilding, our podcasts are going to be all about this. Ways to start to integrate shifting your diet, shifting your movement, shifting your mindset, your emotional health in ways that are usually pretty easy to integrate. Yeah. So I like this. The time of nectar is essentially asking us to start our day with a bit of awareness, to notice how we begin our day and how does it make us feel. I yeah. like that. That's great. Here's the deal, though. I know and you know that we are not normal sane people. We get to live an incredible life where we get to be outside a lot. We kind of get to make our own schedule. What about 
the normal sane people in the world who have to get up to go to a job or you've got a family and you are don't have the time for it in the morning not even five minutes or you work third shift or what about like just people who don't get to make their own schedule in the same way that we do yeah that's a really good question and well here let's talk about children yeah okay we know firsthand it's having kids quiet here without them isn't it <laughs> yes it is having kids throws your schedule and yeah you, if you have an infant in the house, you might be up at 3 a.m. whether you want to or not. Right. We recently brought a dog, a puppy, into our lives. And so, again, our schedule's really been thrown. <laughs> but even if you're working third shift or you're dealing with things that are throwing your schedule off, some point in your day, you're going to have a point where you're resting. Mm-hmm. hopefully sleeping right if you have a new baby maybe no sleep at all <laughs> oh my gosh but but hopefully sleeping mm-hmm. and at least getting some good rest and on the tail end of that sleep or rest this is your chance to bring yourself consciously into the waking state now i don't feel like it works as well if you're up all night and then you're doing it in the middle of the day. You know, our, our biorhythm is, our circadian rhythm is kind of thrown off. And mm-hmm. probably some of the t- time of nectar power is just that there's certain chemicals and such oh, I that... I buy that. Yeah. That are, Things that happen in the morning, right? Right. I mean, we know, for Let's example, light and... the, our cortisol rhythms shift throughout exactly, the day. So exactly. you might be tapping into something even physiologically that we don't know about yet. Right. But still, it's not going to hurt if I no. if I am that mom that's got a new infant and I've been able to sleep for, let's say, two and a half hours and I awake, <laughs> I could still, I could even do the shortened version. I could do the 30 seconds or I could grab my baby and start breastfeeding and take uh, 15 minutes while they're nursing to just be in that peaceful place. And that at least is going to add, I'm, awa- I'm awaking, I'm being intentional about how I'm waking up. I'm noticing that I am, and I'm noticing how I'm going to go into the next part of my day. Exactly. Or night. Here's a real-life example that I've been experiencing with the puppy. Okay. Before the puppy, I had this wonderful one, two hours of really quiet. Everybody else was still asleep. I was just in my time of nectar state. And then the dog (laughs) came along... And I wish I had the dog in my pocket so I could bring him out and have a good sound effect. Oh, that would be great. Whining, whining, whining in the morning. Whoa. At first, it completely threw my time of nectar off. <laughs> this sucks. With the dog, please. But there was no escape, <laughs> right? So eventually, the time of nectar, I feel like, built enough of a foundation that I could relax into that. And hear the whining almost like a celestial music of bliss. No, but really, it didn't have its negative impact anymore. (laughs) Maybe not celestial music of bliss. But it it wasn't bothersome anymore. So truly, you're saying it transformed you. And I imagine then that this also transforms not just those little things, but our relationships with other people. Oh, in yeah. our life, our kids, our spouse, our coworkers, our friends, and even what happens to us in the day. Oh my gosh, whoops, we are running behind. Okay, take a breath, realize that's okay, or 
flat tire. Okay, take a breath. That's <laughs> when okay. When we embark on any kind of meditative practice or yogic practice or the time of nectar, we have to realize that it's like we're starting to try to get to do 20 push-ups. Mm. And that first day, we might not be able to do one push-up. And we certainly should not expect ourselves to do our first time of nectar and have it be awesome and then be angelic all the day long. Right. So we start small. You're building things up incrementally, and you're going to notice these positive effects over time. But you really have to stick with, with practices like this. Let them settle in. Right. Okay, so this isn't a willy-nilly, oh, one day I'm going to do it, and then next month I do it again. I think you're going to notice benefits if you stick with it. Okay. Start so and stick. Start small. Don't have huge expectations of yourself and how it's going to shift you, but just notice slowly over time, like adding one little drop to a glass every single day. One little drop, one little drop, until finally you notice that it's gotten to the top. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And it's you're going to notice. You're going to treat yourself differently and treat others differently. Wow. <sighs> Speaking of noticing things, I think it is time for us to pay special attention to our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so our sponsor this time. Oh, we adore her. And the reason I'm thinking <laughs> of her is really, frankly, because of all the birds. Oh, this. So the birds give this podcast such a wonderful background. Absolutely. We've heard that from numerous people. And... Patty Stangle runs Wildlife Rehabilitation and Release right here in Wisconsin. We first met her when there was a, a house. Okay, so okay. there was a barn swallow. A barn swallow. We were living further south than we are now in kind of more farmland, and there was a barn, and I was out with the girls, uh, and we found this injured barn swallow, and we didn't know what to do. And it was tough because we did some research online and a lot of people were saying, eh, birds like that. Most don't, people don't take care yeah. of them. You're not going to find a... Meaning uh, wildlife rehabilitators right, are not going to put a bunch of money into a barn swallow, which is the most common little right, bird in right. the world. So I still called and I got a hold of Patty and she was amazing. She was like, oh, no, no, I do take birds, but I'm, I'm away right now picking up another animal. <laughs> I can come tomorrow and I will drive to you if it need be. Here's what you do in the meantime. She was incredible. So loving. When we talk about bigotry and racism and things with humans, we have a lot of that going on with animals, too. Oh, and, absolutely. And so there's some animals that are the good animals. Oh, and butterflies <laughs> are wonderful. Spiders are evil. Right. Which is totally not true. And Patty just seems to love all animals. We took our kids there, and she showed us around animals like gray squirrels. Yeah. That everybody is just, it's a gray squirrel. She is helping baby squirrels to grow up and be released back into the wild. She has an incredibly high release rate. Yeah, it's amazing what she can do. And she's constantly, I mean, she works with large birds of prey. It warms my heart when we went there. It was just so neat to see like this fierce, amazing owl. And oh. to know, wow, that owl is going to go back and get a second chance. Deer, possums, bears raccoons all kinds of creatures patty she does this largely by herself on a shoestring budget and if you are in the menominee kind of area of wisconsin she can use volunteers and she can really use financial help donations make a huge difference oh, she has to pay for 
vet bills, food. Oh, it's incredible what she has to do. Oh, my goodness. And she's so not complaining about it. She is just... She, you know how there's a one-man band? She yeah. has, like, one woman rehab every animal within a certain <laughs> mile radius, which is a long... She's willing to drive anywhere for a wild animal. It's incredible. She is an angel for animals, and just to see her, wow. She so, has so much passion for it. First of all, yeah, there's her Facebook page, which yes. is just the Wildlife Rehabilitation and Release Incorporated. Incorporated. Yeah, you'll see really cool pictures of animals that she's working with, and... Um, here's some great rescue stories. So that also has her information on it. She's got an address on there where you could send a check to. But another great way to connect with her is just to give her a call. She's super busy. She gets probably 40, 50 calls a day, often rescues. She's on the road all the time. So be respectful of her time, of course. But she, if you call her up, she would gladly tell you how to send in a donation. Her number is 715 715- Eight three two one four six two, eight three two one four six two area code seven one five, a super worthy organization and woman. Absolutely. The same way that the animals need Patty, we need you. <laughs> you, as our patrons, are the lifeblood of this podcast and our YouTube channel. You totally inspire us and keep us going. I can't tell you the number of times where. We've been down or something, and then an Ugh. email, a comment, whatever comes in, and we just feel buoyed up as though, hey, wait a second, we got to keep going. So thank you to all of you who are patrons. If you would like to become a patron and to help us create this podcast and this YouTube channel, go to our website at rewildu.com, rewildu.com. And we have donation buttons right on the front page. Yeah, super easy through Patreon or PayPal. Easy to do and more appreciated than you might possibly know. We also have a lot of other stuff on our website. We have an online course with another one coming up here fairly soon. Forest Monk Program. Forest Monk Program. Information about all kinds of different things. So Check please <laughs> give us a visit. So my favorite part, my favorite part. Oh, oh yes, you get to do it. It is what, time. Can I do it this time? Okay, go ahead. I, I don't remember how it okay, goes. Okay, it goes like this. My memory. Okay. You, yeah, you just told me. I can't remember. Oh, sh- you, you do it. You okay, do it. it's time for you to unleash your life. And here <laughs> yeah. are our action points for you so that you can get a little time of nectar for yourself. These are all things that you can add to your time of nectar. Number one. Do, 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 do. Gratitude practice. Mm. Oh, those, that list just was some of the benefits, proven benefits of gratitude. It goes on and on and on. Wow. This is really good stuff, and it makes you feel good. And because you start expressing gratitude to others, it makes other people around you feel good. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good, way, good way to go. To do it, we have to realize there's two ways to feel or to think about mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> gratitude. The one is is thinking. Okay. I think, okay, I'm grateful for the very nice house that I have and my wife. Mm, I see your face. This yeah. doesn't have a lot of emotion. There's in it. nothing there. Yeah. So we need to feel the gratitude to make a gratitude practice work. Okay. So I think, oh wow. I love this house. It's warm at night. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to be out here. Camp- oh, camping's pretty awesome too. But anyway, 
And just think about your wife and oh, I'm just thinking about you right now and how beautiful I think you are and how kind you are to our children. And I just feel those things Mm. and I have to really feel them viscerally. Put a smile on your face. This is another proven way to start good chemicals flowing in your head. We're trying to get good chemicals flowing in our head that make us happy, make us grateful and really change the way the world looks. So I think to do a gratitude practice successfully, we have to make it easy, just like the time of nectar. It's got to be easy for yours truly here, or I'm not going to do it. So one thing I have noticed from trying to do anything, trying to start any new habit, is that it's easier for me if I tie it on to something else I already do in the day. Oh, yeah. Something that I have to do. Well, I don't have to do it, but like brushing your teeth, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think, while I brush my teeth, or before or after, whatever, while you're there, you think of one thing you're grateful for. Yes. Right? That's I mean, then you're awesome. like two birds with one stone. Gratitude practice and clean teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Tie it to an existing habit and it doesn't have to be long. Right. If you're brushing your teeth for two minutes and you just spend that time thinking, thinking. about a person or a thing yeah. or a situation. Or how glad you are you have your teeth to brush. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can find gratitude <laughs> for just about anything. And that's one of the cool things about gratitude. Our life can be just completely smushed and down and terrible, but you can find gratitude for this breath that you can take right now. Right. Or there's always something. And as you start building that up, it starts to create a positive perception that often is lacking when our life feels like we're... I know what you're saying. Just taking hit after hit. Right. You start to be able to see the silver lining and everything. Well, I think one other fun way to do gratitude is just around the table. If you're gathering with friends or family or or anybody, it can even be at work. I mean, it doesn't have to be a prayer. It can just be, hey, guys, something I thought would be fun is I want to hear one thing that each of you are truly grateful for in your life. And I think that's fun because it's also kind of a conversation opener too. Yeah. And you start to get people talking about things and you start to learn things about them. Them that you might never have known otherwise. That's awesome. Hey, you're adding in more social connection. Yeah. That's always good. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Number two. Glow. Glow. You came up with that acronym. That was a long time ago. We were trying to come up with a morning mm. meditation. And we've put this up in video form on our YouTube channel and shared it with tons of people. And it makes such a difference in people's lives. And it's been a huge life changer for me. And it's easy to do. Oh, it's so easy. Glow, G-L-O-W, and the G is gratitude. So I'm going to spend however long. If I'm doing a really quickie glow, then Mm -hmm. I might spend 20 seconds just basking in gratitude. L. Love. Love. You can, if there's somebody next to you in bed, you can look over and just start pouring out your love to that person. If you are religious, you can pour out that love to the divine or God or however you label divinity. It can be the earth. It can Mm. be the world in general. It can be yourself. Whatever you're inspired to love, just wrap your love around that idea, person, thing, Mm. entity. The beautiful thing about glow is it can change every day. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I aim my gratitude at and aim my love at can change every day. Yeah. 
The O is oh. oneness. Oneness, yeah. Sometimes I've called this openness, but usually oneness. And this is this is a more personal one. Mm. And you kind of hand this one to people and say, make this your own. Because all the wisdom traditions point to this idea that if we can release ego, our connection with mm. self a little bit, then magical things start to happen. We see how we're not as separate as we think we are. We're not just these independent acting entities out there separate from everything else. So you could just meditate on your connections with other people. You could meditate and imagine your body dissolving down into the earth below you and Mm. becoming trees and rivers and mountains. Yeah. I suppose if you were more scientifically minded, you could ask yourself, where is that line drawn between your breath that's in your body and the air that's outside you? Wow. Yeah. Oneness, make it your own. And again, if you're religious, you have a pretty easy one here in that you can kind of let yourself go into the divine. Mm. W is for wonder. Wonder or curiosity. We have a little saying that Mm -hmm. we say. We just, I wonder what amazing magical things will happen in our life today. And wonder or curiosity, it sets us with a different gaze than judgment. So if I look out and I wake up and I say, okay, here's what I've got on my day. Mm. I know I've got to talk to the boss. I've got this and this and this. You've kind of put a framework around everything that your day may or may not bring. And that framework keeps us from really delving deep into the day. And it also sets us up because if we get that flat tire, Mm -hmm. we've broken out of our framework and we get pissed off. Right, right. I think it sets us up too for seeing the world in a very boxed up way. Whereas when you ask this question, when you have wonder and you have curiosity, you become open to other things happening in your life. And then the tire breaks down and the, you know, tow truck person comes, you get into an interesting conversation with them. You find out, Hey, they're your neighbor and you guys have a lot in common. And suddenly, you know, 30 years from now, they're your best friend and you never would have met them. Right. And when your car breaks down and that tow truck comes, if you were upset because your day was broken out of its box, Mm. then that person's not even going to want to talk to you. So we kind of create the day we're going to have if we come at it with wonder or if we come at it with judgment. But if the person comes there and you're like, hey, wow. No, I've never actually seen a tow truck. How does this work? And right. and, and they're gonna be saying, uh, you're the only person I've ever come to for a car broken down and they're in a really good mood. What is up with you? And it starts a connection. Yeah, well, you know, it's like anything. If you have to wait in line or there's too much traffic, instead of letting that small little amygdala part of your brain get worked up, go ahead and meditate. Use it. Use it for some time of noon nectar or night nectar or wherever you happen to be, some other time of nectar that's not exactly the morning time of nectar. (laughs) But seriously, it is an opportunity to take one good deep breath or to do the glow meditation. Number three. Loving kindness. Yes. So this is a pretty well-known meditation. And we're going to put a version up on our website, which you can get to by going to the podcast page and looking at this podcast. We'll have a link to that meditation. The website, of course, is rewildyou.com. Yeah. But you can, you know, a real brief version. Yeah. It's just 
you sit there and you start to aim love ah. at different things. And, you know, traditionally we might start with ourselves, which is the toughest for a lot of us. Definitely. And, and then move to somebody that's very easy for us to love and then move to somebody who's quite difficult for us mm. to love or kind of on the edge. I have found magical things happen when I do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's, there's some neat stories. <laughs> anyway, you guys get to experiment with yourself. So someone that's difficult to love and then that love, you start to spread out into your neighborhood, across where you're living, and then encircling eventually the entire globe. Yeah. And again, if you have God in your life or religious or divinity in your life, the last stage of this can then be giving love, bhakti, to the divine. Mm, amazing. Okay. Four is a little weird. We are a little weird. <laughs> we can get woo-woo on this. Have you tried this one? Yes, I have. I really like it. Okay. A year ago, I was sleeping next to the girls one morning because they were having a rough night. I woke up in the morning and was laying there. And this weird thing started to happen to me. My body started to tingle, like my fingers mm-hmm. and my feet. And pretty soon my whole body was tingling. I almost described it as I was floating an inch yeah. off the mattress. Floaty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I felt somehow that in this happening, I was connecting with the divine or with the ultimate or the world in some way that I couldn't explain. And then... <laughs> In Eckhart Tolle book, we read about this meditation. And uh, somewhere else, I can't remember. (laughs) Seriously, no surprise. (laughs) Somewhere else I was just reading about this as a meditation. Feeling our inner body or our pranic Mm. body. And I don't really know how to describe what's happening. Well, let's just, let's just explain how we do it. And then all of you out there can try it. Maybe not if you're driving right now, but at some point try it and see what you think of it. So you lay there and you start becoming aware of probably your hands is the best place to start. That's where I always start. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle described it like this. So start in your hands and feel the life force Mm. in your hands and just pay attention and feel. And I remember him saying, your conscious mind or your rational mind is going to say, oh, there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. But just keep paying attention. And then you're going to start to feel that there's this tingly energy, woo-woo something. It is awesome. I notice I feel like it's a little tingly or they get warm and it just is a neat feeling. And then your feet. Right. It seems to come into my face after that for some reason, but... um, Start to be aware of it in your arms and your legs and in your torso. And pretty soon your body is just, I I don't know. I feel like I'm, it's a body between this physical body and the wall. <laughs> you are getting woo-woo now. <laughs> but okay, so what's the point of doing this? So we feel tingly, so what? Well, I mean, it is really cool, but. I don't know, but it works really well in the time of nectar for mm-hmm. me. And when I do it, sometimes it's the only thing I do in the time of nectar. Mm. And there's no conscious meditation or setting anything, but it just makes me feel connected Mm. and warm and loving in a really powerful way. So something people could just 
try and experiment with. with. I know for me, the one thing that I enjoy is that it feels like it takes me directly into contact with my physical being. And so I can notice, oh, hey, high hands, right? I have these hands and I can feel them and I start to feel that energy that I have within me. And it's just neat to stop for a moment and to give some energy to that give some energy to give some attention to that (laughs) physical form of mind but yeah i want to hear when people experiment with it what you notice too number five stay on your rewilding journey we got to come up with a little ditty yeah why don't we have (laughs) i don't know we just had my flute music we should have a song that we sing and dance obviously like a real podcast stay like a real podcast (laughs) we're such a fake podcast (laughs) so Obviously, staying on your rewilding journey, staying true to yourself, and asking yourself questions about what makes a difference to you. Try this time of nectar because, like everything else that you're doing on your rewilding journey, whether you're paying attention to your diet and your movement, or you're getting more time in nature, or you're deciding that you are going to be more present, or you want to try to reshape your old mental habits, whatever it is, all those things are going to help add to this time of nectar and to setting your day with intention into having conscious living. I think that's really what it's all about is knowing you can choose your life. If you're aware, you get to decide how you respond to when life comes to you. Remember to visit us at rewildu.com, R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com for more resources and woo-woo-ness <laughs> for rewilding and self-evolution. And are you going to try it with me? Should we ohm? Oh, seriously. Yeah. (sighs) You're convinced, aren't you? No, I am not convinced. Well, maybe I'm convinced. I I don't know. I'm awake and I'm here and you're smiling at me really cutely. So, of course, I'll try. Thank you all for listening. We send love. Oh, and wishing you the most delicious time of nectar. (laughs) 